things. So what are the top ten things that existing pool contractors slash business owners could do or should do if they're finding themselves stagnant or unhappy or non-fulfilled? Okay. I think a lot of that question hinges on the success that they've had. Obviously, they've been around for five years, ten years, twenty years. They've had whatever limited or, or unlimited amount of success. Let's put that aside and assume that that doesn't matter. You've made money or you don't make money. You owe money, you don't owe money. Let's, let's assume that, that because that would, be, that would be the easiest thing to go to is, oh, let's talk money. What, how is this fulfilling your financial needs? And let's get beyond that because that is, while it could be a distraction, that shouldn't be the main focus. If you find yourself unhappy there's there's a zillion things you could do but I think I think first and foremost would be kind of stop stop for a moment and look at what you're doing and ask yourself why am I not enjoying this most of it's going to lead back to a couple things don't make enough money or my physical health or I'm not fulfilled or, you know, there, there's just a handful of things that are really going to keep someone from enjoying what they do. And those, again, are all external. First thing would be stop looking externally. Let's look, at, let's look internal a little bit. So I might as well explain that and what I mean by that. Being happy, being fulfilled, being joyful is a decision. It's not about money. You, the old adage, money will make me happy or I'll be happy when I have money, is absolutely untrue. Money is a magnifier. If you're unhappy without money, you will be massively unhappy with money. If you are happy without money, you will be massively happy with money. Having the money doesn't change any of that because it, that's the mindset. So first thing is look internally and see what's there. Because what you'll find if you start making decisions that I'm going to find a way of enjoying this, whatever this is, that's sort of that beginning of change. Way easier said than done. I get it. I understand. I've been there many, many times and I've been frustrated in life and gotten that focus knocked out of my brain and gotten back to the old way, way and, and been stuck in that. So first thing is just be aware. Be aware that this is an internal decision. To be joyful and happy and excited about life is, is, is way inside. It's not external. It has nothing to do with how things are going outside. It's how things are going inside. That'd be number one. Number two, number two would be think about what gets you frustrated. These are different things. Why do I get frustrated when this happens, this happens, this happens? Maybe it's an employee issue, maybe it's a family issue, maybe it's whatever. Because those triggers always lead back to how you feel about what you do. And if you look at what you like about what you do instead of what you don't like about what you do and you focus there, that really helps. And frustration is one of those things that drive people crazy. What drives people even more crazy would be number three, I would say, and that would be comparison. As soon as we get into comparing ourselves to anyone else, which goes to our economic system of competition, but as soon as we do that, as soon as we try to compare ourselves to something else or someone else, we get uncomfortable inside and we get angry, we get whatever, why are they getting this, when I'm not getting this, all of this, this name pointing fingers, blame stuff happens. And that's probably the root of most people's poor decision making is 
some type of comparison. Why did that guy get that? Why did he deserve that job when I didn't get that job? That's all internal head talk. I couldn't tell you what you're, what's being said up there, but I can give you a, a typically a, a genre, a general idea of what people are thinking and saying themselves. So that's number three. Number four is look at your value. How do you think you're valued? Because so many of us undervalue ourselves because we get caught in the competition world of, but I have to do it for less so that I can crush my competition so I can have more. And, and I think that's a, that's a spiral that decays as you go down, a spiraling, a decaying staircase. I think instead it's what do I, what am I worth? Am I worth charging X amount no matter what the competition says they charge? Is finding that place and staying there because when people pay you what you feel you're worth, you're far more excited about doing it and the money is sweeter because you feel good about what you're doing. Number five, I would say that for me, I had to let go of, and maybe this, this applies, but we'll use it as number five. I had to let go of worrying about what other people thought. Because, of course, the way that we run our business today is very different than a lot of companies. And our business is not number-driven. Our business is creativity-driven. How can we have a good time and enjoy it? And infuse in everything we do has got to be a joyful, fun part, or we don't want to do it, versus return on investments, ROIs, profit-loss statements. You know, the, the P&Ls are the things that get people so wrapped up in, are we making money or are we not making money? Well, I kind of don't care. How do you feel? If you feel good about what you're doing, do more of that. And if you're feeling really crappy about something, make a change. So that's a that's a big one for me. And then we can splinter off at least a dozen different parts to that. Try to keep them separate. But there's all kinds of things around that. Number six. This goes back to internal. What's the internal chatter in your head about what you think you're supposed to be? For me, who do I think I'm supposed to be for my mother who passed away 16 years ago? Guess what? She's passed away 16 years ago, so why am I still worried about what she's thinking? This is something, uh, maybe not for your mom, maybe not your dad, maybe a business partner, maybe a friend, maybe a, uh, a spouse, who knows what. But there's this constant desire and need to appeal or please someone else. And really, if you get down to thinking internally, who are you? Why do you exist? A lot of that stuff goes away. Because as soon as we kind of rip the layers off of the social parameter of who we are, and if we're just standing there ourselves, who are we? Most people couldn't tell you who they are. So that, that goes to internal stuff. Let's do some work there. Number seven for me. Again, these are, these are ten things that I certainly have worked on and continue to work on. Is... I've let go of the, the monetary part. How can I impress someone with, with a nice truck? How can I impress someone with all the best equipment? How can I impress someone with whatever? That stuff is purely functional. Could I drive a nicer truck? Sure. Do I care about driving a nicer truck? No. We could get caught up in that, that, oh, look what the Joneses think of us. Look what the neighborhood thinks of us. Let's wrap our vehicles so they look the prettiest, which is fine if that's your business. If all you're looking for is numbers, more and more and more, that's that's a fine thing. But I'll tell you, it's a rat race I don't want to be in. 
Our company operates the opposite. No signage, no yard signs, no anything. We want to be able to get in there, have the fun, create the buzz about the fun we're having and the cool stuff we're doing, not about the sign in the yard that points to the backyard, nor the vehicle. And, and I know that matters to people. That uh, It's funny that I had this conversation in my head today as I was driving. I was thinking about good vehicles versus ugly vehicles, or pretty vehicles versus ugly vehicles. And I remember, I've got a story of, a, of my best friend in all the world, he and I grew up together, and his father once gave him a lesson on who, who would you hire, the guy in the junky old truck or the guy in the new truck that is clean and whatever. And his father's idea was, well, you, you hire the, the contractor that cares enough about themselves that they keep their vehicles clean, that they whatever. And you would never want to hire the contractor that's sloppy, dirty, messy, whatever. Well, I fit in the sloppy, dirty, messy, whatever category. But what I do is exceptional. And the reason I live there is that doesn't matter to me. If I can't impress you with who and what I am and what I do, I don't give a shit if I'm impressing you with a nice vehicle or not. So I was having that conversation with him and his dad in my head today about why... I was kind of calling bullshit, is that we're an amazing contractor, but we just don't care about the stuff that that contractor that keeps the cleanest, cleanest job site, has the cleanest trucks with the, with the greatest logos on them. That's a style. That's not our style. And when people get too caught up in that style, that's where they become frustrated. For me, it's the opposite, is I'm going to give everything every day into what I do and I'm not going to worry about what I drive. I'm not going to worry about what it looks like. I'm going to give everything. And that's where social proof with, with a body of work that you've done helps. But it's a mentality more than having a, a portfolio of stuff. We have a portfolio that supports how I live. But I had to live that way first before I built a portfolio. But it's because I believed that. That the truck didn't matter. The person mattered. The people mattered. The feelings matter. So I don't know if that was number six or number seven. I kind of get lost in the mix of this. How about this? Another thing that I would think is important, if you're finding yourself frustrated in what you're doing, is, is this for you? You know, there's some cases where I know for me and my story is I hit a wall. I was almost 20 years or 20 years into my quote-unquote career and seriously questioning, is this even for me? Did I do it because it was an opportunity, because I thought it was what I was going to do, because it was going to get my dreams, because I was going to make a lot of money, because I was going to finally be the business owner that I wanted to be? I don't know. I had to look back and go, you know, why did I do it? I don't know. I was just drawn to it, and I did it. But when frustration happens, it's, it's a good time to look at, is this really for me? Do I have the skill set? Do I have desire? Do I want to do this? And if you can answer no to that, you're going to want to rethink what I'm doing and how could I do different. My story was I did everything I could to absolutely get rid of the pool business. We neglected it. We did no advertising, no marketing, but we had a great name in the community, so people kept calling. And as much as I, I wanted to not do anything, I kept saying yes to doing projects. But what that did is that gave me, gave me time to understand who I was. And once I understood who I was, I said, what if? What if we could only do what we love because we want to do it, because it's creative and it pays us well enough to take 
the time that we could be doing something else to do this instead? And what if we could fall in love with a customer every single day? That was the new that was a new place for me to start. And if you if you can't find that place, then then don't do it. Because we only have one time around in this. This this world, this life gives us one shot one time around and you may come back, you may not, who knows, you might be a squirrel, you might be who knows what, but and that's all a belief system, however you want to feel about that. But if you're here now and you have X number of years, why not enjoy them? Another thing I would think about is, let's call this number nine, is what would, what would life balance Life, life, work balance look like to you. For me, what had to happen was I had to realize there was no difference. Of course, the gurus and the quote-unquote smart people of the world that wrote the books and spoke from stage on things would always say there's this balance between family time and lifetime and business and, and all of that. And what I had to do is I had to come face to face with, does that matter to me or not? Life balance to me is about doing what I love, and I happen to love what I do. So what's the difference? Is it as much work as it is home, as it is whatever? It's all the same to me. I'm working or I'm enjoying. Either way, I'm working or I'm doing personal stuff. Either way, I'm enjoying it, and I've just combined them together that I can work and love and do everything at the same time and together. And not got caught. I never got caught up on am I being a good parent? Good parent versus bad parent, what does that mean? I have amazing babies that I love my girls and I've, I've raised them to be strong and independent women, but women that I can love and appreciate every single moment because I immersed them into what I was doing. I didn't make them do it, but I got them involved by using my words and that would draw them into wanting to then be around and do things. So let's call the final, the tenth, the, the last one and maybe I missed a few, but oh well. If you find yourself down, sad, uh, maybe in a financial tough spot. This is going to be a tough one because some of us, and I know I was in this position at one point, don't want to fail. We always want to be successful. And yet, failure sometimes is an option. Quitting is an option. If there's no clear road out, if you can't reach out to someone like myself that will help you through that, if you have no other solutions, no other answers, no other things, it's okay to quit. It's okay to fail. Failure is an event. It's not who you are. It's just an event. So number 10 would be, don't be afraid to fail. Now that could mean quitting and getting out of the business, which we touched on before, but failure could also be trying something and going all in on something and it working or not working, it's not the end of the world. All of us have gone in on stuff and then it not work and failure is simply a step in the right direction because off of failure, the only time a failure is truly a failure is when you finally stop. But a failure is just a lesson if you get back up and you do it again. And then if you fail, it could either be Again, you're getting to a, a, a junction in the road. A failure could e either be, I stop, or a failure could be a, a learning lesson, jumping point to learn and try again. And you only truly fail if you ever stop. 
but if you continue to try, you'll fail your way to some success. And some people have magnificent success financially, emotionally, mentally, family-wise, relationship-wise, just living in that yummy space of life. And to me, that success is way more important than financial success. The success of enjoying the experience that you're having while you're here because it goes so fast and it rapidly takes, takes, takes us like that. Well, if we're going to live that anyway, why not live it in the best and most exciting way that we can? And in some cases, we build a legacy that lives long after us. But it's okay if it doesn't happen. But for me, don't be afraid to fail. I hope those help. I think there were 10. There's probably 20 topics. But hopefully those would help. We could break them down even more and realize that life is, life is just a journey. There's no scorecard. There's no computer in the sky that is monitoring your progress and saying you've failed and you've succeeded. We all get to the end and take our last breath, every one of us. It's what happens between the first breath and the last breath matters because after that, nothing you can do before that, nothing you can do. The first several years, there's not much you can do about it, but by the time you hit those you know, 10, 12, 15 years into the, after that first breath, it starts to matter. And from there to the last breath, what are you going to do with it? Hi, Penny. Hi, Penny. This is Penny the pool dog right here. So, Penny, here's something to talk about. This dog right here has taught me a lot in life, whether she knows it or not. Whether she believes it or not, whether whether she ever told me it or not, I don't know. But I'll tell you what, this one right here, she's the gold, third golden retriever we ever had. First one, China. Girls were small and it was all about their, their young lives and growing up and you know, tried to love the experience as best we could, but I was immature and didn't know, didn't know how important paying attention to her was. Our second one, Penny, I mean our second one, Libby, I didn't treat nearly as nicely as I could, and I've certainly learned from that experience, and we lost her way too early, but fortunately the year before we lost her, she had been picked up several times by the dog pound people, and the last time I told my girls, I said, you can pay for her to be let go, and we can take her back, or we can let them keep her. And my girls opted to pay the $80 or whatever to get her out of solitary confinement. And we got her back. And I made a decision that day that I would either find a way of completely loving her or letting go. And for that year, she came with me every day on the project. And I absolutely fell in love with her. That was the beginning. That was the early days of having a dog on the job site. I absolutely love, fell in love with her to the point that one of the customers said, you love her more than you love me, which was interesting. But what I realized was I'd finally fallen in love. Well, we lost her early, and I wasn't going to do another dog. He was like, okay, we've had enough. But my two older girls had had an experience of growing up with a puppy. My youngest daughter uh, had only had her for a short time. And I realized that, no, we need to have a dog in the family so that my youngest daughter could have that consistent experience and that's when we got puppy got penny and what 
we did with Penny was she came out on the job with me every single day. She was very young. And she just hung out with me and I spent time with her. And then she's logged thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of miles driven with me and hung out. We fished together, we played together, we've worked together, we've everything else, and she was always just there. Circling the yard, protecting us, watching us, barking when someone would come into the backyard. Always aware of was going on, but it was all about play, play, play. And what she taught me was the importance of play. That life is just too short. It just, it, as long as it is, it's way too short. It's really long when you're young and it's really short when you're old. And how can we just enjoy every moment? And that's what she did, is she helped me understand that I could and should enjoy every moment because if I was frustrated and angry and hurt on the inside, she would show up just like she did a few minutes ago that you saw with the green ball in her mouth. And basically she's saying, play with me. Let's just play. And then when we're tired, let's take a nap and then let's play some more. And let's take a nap and let's play some more. Let's eat, let's take a nap, let's play some more. There was nowhere in there was let's get frustrated about life and it's difficult and it's hard and oh the burdens of life and let's get heavy and let's get hard hearted and let's get whatever. It was all about play and rest, play and rest, play and rest. It's the human brain, it's this consciousness, this breathing air in and out that creates this consciousness in us that makes it all about hardship and toughness and, and difficulties and struggles and not having enough and not being as successful. For her, success is waking up in the morning and having a party. That's what she taught me, to wake up every morning and just have a party. And all the party starts right here. Not anything out there, the party is right here. And if you put the party mind in here, the rest of the world is amazing.